Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Latter Day Takes. So good to be back after a one-week hiatus, and do we ever come back with a vengeance? However, we actually had a whole other episode taped with our moms, specifically as the guests, in honor of Mother's Day. We did that last Friday, and then, lo and behold, some technical difficulties took place, which was highly unfortunate. However, we think we can maybe recover it. That won't be on today's episode, but once we do, we'll definitely drop that because it was a great episode we thought all together. Brian and I actually kind of do a little recap today for the episode, just to kind of give you a little overview of that. Other topics we also cover include the fact that I'm babysitting my nieces and nephews for about two-week period and how that's been going, Um, some NBA, NHL playoff recaps. We cover a little Bryce Harper topic that was given to us by a good friend of mine who pointed an interesting stat out involving his recovery, which was fun. That got us talking a little bit. And then, like I said, we talk about the highlights from the mom episode, the mom's episode, and then we talk about the 60 Minutes Church Finances segment, which... I think is the best part of the episode. I think we, Brian and I did a pretty good job kind of essentially giving the perspective of active members of the church and how we think about this. Anyway, then we also cover a little bit of people we can't be friends with and then go into spiritual thoughts. Anyway, love y'all. So glad to be back. Missed you. And we'll catch y'all on the other side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking. The, and they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, yes the Mormons, Mormons were the correct answer. Because God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. All right, we're back, man. It's been two weeks. My bad. I'm gonna take the blame. It's fine. We both we both have lives, you know. We get we gotta live them. You know, been yeah. busy on both ends. I was it's in S- Smashville, Tennessee. I don't know if they call it that, but they should. Um, they don't. They call they call <laughs> it Nash Vegas. Nash is that true? That is true. That actually makes a ton of sense because it really it is a it is a country version of Las Vegas. There's no question about that. And yeah. so that, so um, real quick, we probably need to mention a new sponsor today: uh, Costco mattresses mm-hmm. delivery. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This episode is brought to you by the Costco mattress delivery guys. 
who patiently waited outside my house for a few minutes for me to come home so that they could actually deliver the mattress to the room two floors above me, which I appreciated because yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to do that. So I appreciate it as well. Shouts to them. Um, <laughs> shout, shout out to Costco and yeah. their amazing delivery service and taking the should have taken the plastic wrap as well, right? They didn't. <laughs> I noticed that. Actually. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> but if, We're but supposed if, to take everything. Yeah. But if you're looking to buy a new mattress and have it delivered right to your room, Costco has your back. How's that for an ad read? They do. There we go. Uh, thanks, back Costco. To, yeah, thanks, Costco. Back to Nashville, though. I It was interesting. That was my first time out there. And I went because a bunch of my friends went to the Taylor Swift concert. I did not. You went to. Stop lying. I did not, man. You know you went. I, uh, he went, everybody. Okay. <laughs> More specifically, I offended a lot of people by saying, even if I had a free ticket, I wouldn't go. They were like, how dare you blaspheme the queen? And I'm like, I love that out of you because I love that take. I would do the same. It's, it's like one, I was 100% positive. That was one of those things where I would actually hate getting offered a free ticket because I would feel bad telling him no. Like no, so, sorry, I don't want it. She she came to Vegas, yeah, and my mom, sister, and nieces went. Had a great time. Uh, my best good friend Clayton George went as well. The only reason he went was because his wife was going, and they were going with other you know married couples. And like, by all means, okay, we get it. Right. And that was the one thing he's like, dude, if Haley wasn't going and we were going with this group of people, he's like, you better believe I would not be going. But then he goes, she does put on a good show, though. I would go, whatever, man. I was like, I don't care. (laughs) I was like, I'm just giving you crap anyways. (laughs) I don't doubt it. I don't Uh, doubt it. Yeah, that's so funny, dude. Because, yeah, the the three guys that were my buddies that were out there with me went. Right. They actually could not have had a better night because it almost got rained out. And so it got delayed like three hours. And in that three hours time. It was outside? It was outside. It was in the Titan 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 Stadium. Stadium. Yeah. Okay. And they, (laughs) it was actually hilarious. It was funny to watch this from the cheap seats too, because I was like, I'll probably go out to like a sports bar or something and watch game, the second game of the playoffs, just alone experience a Tennessee sports bar. I'm all about that. That'd be fun. Mm -hmm. And but the thing kept getting pushed back. The girls had left to go early to the stadium to buy merch and get in their seats and just be prepped, ready, so they don't miss any opening or anything like that. And in that time period, the guys that stayed behind, not only were they dry and not huddled up beneath the bleachers, cold and just miserable, they got to watch both NBA playoff games. They took an Uber right to the stadium, walked right in, found their seats in 10 minutes, and ten, in those 10, uh, at the end of the 10 minutes or whatever, I said that weird, they got to their seats. Right when they got to their seats, Swift, Swifty took the stage. And, like, it could not have worked out better for them. And she played from, like, 10.30 to, like, one thirty. which, honestly, Jeez. props to her. That, like... Yeah. Like, I don't obviously don't like Taylor Swift. I like some of her music, mainly her old stuff, like her old stuff, like her country stuff, I think is still holds up very well. But 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think her as she as a person, she's completely transformed who I thought she was, and I'm just not a fan of that new transformation. But I credit where credit is due for her to do that for her fans. That's it's pretty baller of her. Yeah, I mean, can't take any offense from anybody, right? Like, I'm not the biggest fan of a lot of people, but at the same time, it's still real respect, real. You know what I mean? Like, for sure. She still knows what she's doing. She's, you know, great artist and things like that. I just, I don't agree with people that, you know, force things upon other people. Well, that's all. What's funny, too, is that I'll we... leave it at that. We kind of, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. We, we had this conversation, too, because there were some girls on that trip that were, like, diehards. Diehard Swifties, mm-hmm. like, wanted to do everything Taylor Swift. And some of me and the guys were talking about it. We're like, that's kind of weird. Right. And then one of the guys was like, I don't know. I look at it as if like my NFL team made it to the Super Bowl." And then I started thinking about it and I'm like, that's, uh, I actually love the rhetorical aspect of what you're doing. Like you're reflecting on kind of what you would do in a similar situation. I, I appreciate that. Kind of what would you do in their shoes? But then I realized something about myself. I don't think I'm a big fan of anything to that level. Like I just don't BYU. No, honestly, like no. If BYU made BYU the, made it to the national championship, it wouldn't be a guarantee that I went. It wouldn't be. That's a that's a lie. I don't, I'm calling I'm calling boldface <laughs> lie right there. I I think it's boldface lie by the way, but regardless, bold. <laughs> okay. All right. Bold or bald? Are we gonna dispute this? I don't know. I, think I thought it was boldface. Boldface lie. I think it's bold. We can. Good thing we have Google that works quickly. Um, and it is. Why would it be a bald face? Yeah, a bald face lie. What does that even mean? It's bold. It is one that is obvious, unambiguous, and readily apparent. I don't know why. Like the visage, visage. I think it's visage of a person unobscured by facial hair. That's where it comes from. Bald face is a pejorative term. Specifically means shameless or brazen, which is the sense rep. I don't know what that is, but I'm just reading from Google. Anyway. The term boldface lies refers to an obvious shameless lie, one that the liar makes little or no effort to disguise as the truth. Boldface lie means the same thing as two other similar face phrases, boldface lie and bareface lie. Yeah, you're right. Both are both work. Look at us. This is Look the, at us. This is the second time I think we had <laughs> we went through something like this. <laughs> I'm gonna change to barefaced life. <laughs> You're gonna zag? <laughs> really, really just throw everybody off. They're gonna be like, barefaced life? What is that? What I'm is- like, it all means the same. How about that? <laughs> I'm just gonna totally zag from all this. Honestly, I kind of respect it. Um so yeah, we we had that conversation, and and maybe I am lying to myself, but I I don't I don't know, man. Like even if I did, I don't know. I I'm just not a sycophant of like anything, besides Jesus, my friend. <laughs> I actually here's the thing. I'm not even being flippant about that. Like like that is number one in my life. He really is. The time like be more and more zealous. Here it is. This is me being zealous. Like I love Jesus. I love, it. I love him, man. He's an He's an amazing older brother, and he's done so much for us. And if I keep talking about him more, I'm going to get more and more emotional because that's just what happens to me. But anyway, so Nashville overall success. With that said, my key takeaway is that I don't ever really want to go back. I experienced it once, and that was good enough because if you don't drink or absolutely love live music, 
and I and I like live music, but I don't need it like all the time. Then you're kind of good. Like once is good enough. I, I didn't need it. Yeah. I didn't need it more. And and that's kind of the Vegas aspect of that that you mentioned is that, you know, if you're if your lifestyle doesn't really match up with it, you don't really need to experience it. And that's why Vegas is good for the shows for me, the food. That's about it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't put people into that one, there, bud. <laughs> Sick, man. Unbelievable. This is just. I go. I go to Salt Lake for the <laughs> the mountains and the lakes. That's it. The way you said that was so sincere, <laughs> man. That killed it. You like had this blank look on your face, and you're just like, you wouldn't go there for the people. <laughs> Of course, dude. dude. I would freaking if you lived in Death Valley, dude. I'd, I'd come see my guy. So no worries there. Bold face lie, bare face lie, bare face lie, bare face lie. All right. Yeah. Oh man. So it. you wouldn't you wouldn't move to Nashville? No, I wouldn't. Do you know anybody that would? Oh man! Yeah, not, all right. Not well, duly noted. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, I'm. So you're, you're you come back from Nashville, right? Yeah. And you're uh, you're on babysitting duty now for two weeks. Yeah. Is that right? Well, uh, now another week, but yeah, it started last. I didn't start to like. So my sister and brother in law are out of town. They're going to Israel, like this twelve day trip. They left last Friday. I didn't really start until Saturday, and they're going to be back a week from tomorrow. So, yeah, another week about. It was a quick turnaround. Was, my life has just been go, go, go. But, yeah, I'm on, uh, I'm on the front lines of uncle duties. I'm acting like a parent for these kids. Um, it's, been, it's been fun for the most part. Like, it hasn't, it hasn't been not fun, but it ha- it's just – you know, it's it's solid. It's good. It's it's fun. Um, well, I I think you should because uh, you're you're recording from their place. Yeah, their place. I I feel like you just need to go ahead and just make that change because that backdrop is beautiful. It is kind of nice. They got a bunch of books on their built-in bookshelf in their office, little nook thing, and um, it is beautiful. I was actually let your let your sister know. I will. But I think it's beautiful. Yeah, and they're they're big readers, man. My sister's all about it. My brother-in-law's all about it. And that's why I love talking with them. I have great conversations. You'll, you'll meet them at some point. Um, you'll, you'll appreciate it. Maybe. Nope, no maybes. If I, if I, if I want to come and visit the people of Salt Lake or not. Yeah, we'll see if they're good enough for your time. <laughs> but All right, so my sister... My sister saw this post, right? I didn't really don't go on Instagram a whole lot. Don't really use the socials as much uh, as I probably should or shouldn't. I don't know. Uh, depends on the way I'm feeling, you know, any given fair. any given Sunday. Totally fair. <laughs> um, but was this a uh, email that was sent to the – or a little notebook that was sent to uh, the kids? My... Expl- explain what, what this post was because it was absolutely hilarious after, after my sister showed it to me. Oh, your sister showed it to you? That's funny. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that's how you saw it, but, um, yeah, so she left some notes on the fridge, like has the schedule on there, has numbers, has like the daily schedule and the weekly schedule. And then 
near the bottom of one of the pages. She says, everybody in all caps. And she says, do your jobs and clean up after yourselves. So far, pretty good. Um, get along and help each other out. Also pretty good. That's been great. That's made my life very easy. And then the last line is, remember, the goal is that Harper still wants to have children after watching you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I loved that part because I'm like 100% because I could not imagine doing it. And now, granted, age ages are different right now, right? So you have you have high school all the way down yeah. to what? All the way down to eight years old. Okay. He's in uh, so second grade. High school to. Okay, so second grade. Yeah. Now, they're, the high school kids should be doing a lot of the watching, right? Now, you're just. You're on. Yeah, he's great. Drop off duty. Yeah, right? he's the only one that can drive, but even then, like, I, I can't solely depend on him. Like, that's where I step in. Like, I took one of them to the store yesterday because he, right. he was playing a game with his, his little brother. And I was like, just keep playing your game, dude. I'll, I'll take her to the store because she needed stuff for class today. But, yeah, so it's like. Definitely. Get it, putting me on the front lines of what parenting kind of looks like, but hasn't been so hasn't been bad. It's been relatively easy, but yeah, it's uh, the and I what I posted on Instagram was I underlined that part, that last line, and I said mm-hmm. jury is still out. <laughs> <laughs> so good because I couldn't imagine. I'm telling you right now, if I had to go watch how how many kids? Four, five, five. Yeah, so I mean, I'd have to go watch my sister's kids before. I mean, that's four of them, but that's what eleven, eleven to two. Oh, that'd be way harder. That'd be way yeah. harder than what I'm doing. Like, not even close. Just by ages alone. I mean, they're they're so. I mean, the self sufficiency that I'm dealing with is through the roof, and that right. would hardly exist in your scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I'm fun uncle, man. Okay, you you come hang out. We'll we'll hang out. We'll do some fun stuff. Well, I'm you a know. fun uncle. Like that's why I think they wanted yeah, me to do I, this. I know you are, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like at the same time, like you still got to be, you still got to be serious, uncle. At some at the same time, I'm such a fun uncle. My sister, who listens to the pod, shout out to Eden, sent me a shirt one time that said "Funkle," <laughs> which was not a swear word, by the way, and. It even had a definition of it on there. I can't remember what the definition was, but I think you can kind of put it together. Yeah. Uh, come have fun and then do all the things that you want to do with uncle. And then you go on your way as soon as you start getting in a bad mood. Go back to your parents. Dude, let's actually talk about this for a second because you bring up a great point that some people completely miss. And that's that when you're an uncle or an aunt, it is all the benefits of having kids without any I mean, okay, not all the benefits, right? I don't think you have that dopamine rush just by seeing your own children. Like, there's something magical about that, I'd imagine. But um, pretty much all the benefits of having kids without any of the costs. Some literal costs, right. but then, like, emotional, the stress, the anxiety. It's like, you, like you said, you just kind of check out when you want to. And at the same time, like, you can come in. 11th hour and they're just think you're this coolest person dude do you know how many times i've disciplined these kids since i've been here none <laughs> like I, i'm that's uh, that and yeah. that's not my role like i know in this in this scenario like i probably might i might have to put my foot down a little bit more than normal and the only thing i really care about is that they don't try and get away with anything just because it's me 
it's like hey like probably keep their parents in tune but other than that like i'm not they've stayed up dude luke this the second grader his bedtime's at 8 30 and that was on one of the things that of the task lists like make sure luke gets some at 8 30 yeah he definitely went to bed at 9 30 last night and a lot of it was just because i kind of lapsed on it <laughs> it's like <laughs> i kind of forgot oh crap <laughs> It's nine thirty. <laughs> I didn't catch it till like after nine. Till like one of I think my nephew came in. He's like, "Hey, by the way, do you want to like maybe because we have been doing prayers every night, prayers and a spiritual thought, and that's nice. which is standard in their family." And I'm just you know keeping that going. And he's like, "Hey, did you want to do that?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, for sure." And then I see there, and I'm like, "Oh gosh, Luke probably needs to go to bed." And I see Luke. Luke's like playing on the computer, and I'm like, "Luke, it's uh, it's way past your bedtime, bud." And he's like, "Oh, it is." He's just <laughs> pleading innocence. Of course, I'm not kinda like I didn't care at all. He's fine. And it's stuff like that. Like I love not having to enforce that. They lo- they love that too. So Right. Well, I felt bad. We were over at my sister's house on Sunday for Mother's Day and like the hockey game just started at seven. They had I think their bedtime's eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but like I was getting ready to leave and Brittany's like no, stay, hang out. I'm like, I don't, I, the kids are going upstairs. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I was with them for like four hours, yeah. right? And I'm just like, oh, geez. But dude, I'm the exact same way though with my nieces and nephews, right? Like the biggest thing that like frustrates me is when they try to get, get away with something, right? Or they say something and then I hear it. And then all of a sudden you ask them like, what happened? And they tell you something completely different. I'm like, no, that's, that's not how it went down. Yeah. I mean, I got, I got on my, on my niece on, on Sunday about it because Brittany tells Colton, the oldest to go out and tell the girls to come in and eat. Right. Colton goes, opens up the slider, says, Hey girls, uh, come in and eat. Right. Just, just said that Hadley, the youngest girl goes, go away, Colton. We're playing. And I hear this, and I go, I open the door. I go, hey, get in here and eat. Colton was told by mom to come out and tell you guys to come in and eat. Okay? And they just, like, looked at me, and they came in and ate. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah. that, like, you can't, like, don't have an attitude with the kid. Like, and now, granted, Colton probably shouldn't have said, hey, mom, you know, mom told me to tell you guys to come in and eat. But at the same time, like, you can't expect that out of a, you know, 11-year-old kid. Well, yeah, I just, I'm the same way. Don't try and get away with things because I, that's definitely a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, that's the only thing it. is that I just don't want them to like learn bad behavior just because I'm around. Like that's, that's right. the big thing where it's like just because your parents aren't here and I'm around, like I don't want it. To, in other words, I need, it, it, you got to play both sides. Like you, yeah. you want them to like you, but you also want their parents to trust you. <laughs> exactly. So. You know, you kind of no got to toe that line a little bit. But fortunately, neither side makes that hard on me at all. So pretty right. easy stuff all in all. You got a recap for us, dude? Some NBA, NHL updates? Uh, I mean, we uh, Golden Knights are going to the Western Conference Finals. That was solidified on Sunday. And then Dallas Stars won game seven. Um, kind of nervous about that one, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, Pete... Peter DeBoer is the head coach for the Stars, former coach of the – he actually was the previous coach um, of the Golden Knights. And they have, I want to say, 
I know they have Miller, who was a former Golden Knight, and then they have three sh- three former Sharks that played under DeBoer while he was in San Jose as well. So if there was somebody I was rooting for last night. It was definitely the, sh- the, the Kraken out of Seattle, but we'll see how that goes. Um, really excited, though. I mean, everybody was picking the Oilers against the Golden Knights, and I was just like... They have two guys. Like they have, they had Drysaitel and McDavid. Obviously, you know McDavid's all worlds, things like that. But I'm like, we're just gonna discount the, you know, the Marsh shows, the Smiths, the Carlsons, the Stones, the, you know, like Eichels. You know, it it's crazy how deep the Golden Knights really can be. Um, but should be should be a good Western Conference. I do love the fact. Okay, and I noticed this uh, on Sunday. After the Golden Knights won their game against the uh, Oilers, now that Dallas has won, okay, you have Vegas, okay, you have Dallas, you have uh, Jacksonville, right? No, what is it? It's not Jacksonville. It's uh, West Palm area, Fort Lauderdale, because that's where the uh, uh, Florida Panthers play, okay, Mm -hmm. and you have North Carolina. Charlotte, or I think it's Charlotte. Four warm weather, non hockey uh, cities yeah. in the Western and Eastern Conference Finals. I absolutely love it. Like, it's that just funny. It's not supposed to happen, you know. But like, you've got Nevada, Texas, Florida, and North Carolina all represented. It all below the Mason Dixon. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's phenomenal. So all the you know Canadians are out. All the Northeast, Midwest, everybody's out. So. Uh, should be, you know, interesting Western and Eastern Conference Finals and hopefully a, a good result for the Golden Knights and we'll uh, go from there. I saw a tweet. So. I saw a tweet that said, it had this video below it and it said, it was like one of those like narrator, they didn't want Florida. And so you click on the video and you're like, what is this? And it's a bunch of Toronto Maple Leaf fans screaming outside somewhere going, we want Florida. <laughs> Yeah, want Florida, and uh, no, they, they want they want Florida to just come to Canada. Yeah, for real, exactly. They want to live in Florida. Yes, that's what they mean. Yeah. Yes, make Canada Florida. <laughs> yeah. Um, basketball wise, you have seventy uh, sixers lost. Not not the best day in in mm. Philly for for those fans. Um, that team's so going to get Boston. blown up, I bet, dude. I bet Harden's gone. Yeah, well, breaking news this morning, uh, Rivers is gone. Oh, that's no surprise. I didn't know that, so yeah, thanks for sharing. Which, but yeah, what, which sucks. Because I, I think he's, he's a great coach. I, I think so. I think he's a good coach. I don't know if he's really a championship-caliber yeah. coach, though. I think, yeah. I think part of the issue is, and like obviously he won one in Boston, but... He might have, like, he maybe should have won another one, but didn't, you know? And so he, he should have won one in LA. Yeah. And that when too. He was with the Clippers. Yeah. It's yeah. exactly right. Cause he's coached very talented teams and he's not a bad coach by any means. But part of me wonders if he lacks the discipline necessary on his players to really hone in on some championships that he could have won when he didn't. Um, I'm not saying yeah. he, like, it would have been hard to win with Harden and Embiid, honestly. Like, this year it would have been, I think. So I'm not necessarily blaming him. They for had it, though, man. They did like, have it. They and just, they, they could have won that series. I mean, series, dude, game six, yeah. Game six, dude, Boston did not miss a shot in the first half. Like, yeah. it was a joke. Yeah. Like, they they did not miss. Well, Tatum, I started, I Tatum became otherworldly. Like, Holy cow, man. 
Yeah, and then yeah, and then Tatum turns it on in in Game Seven. You know, I dropped fifty one, right? Yeah, something like you that. Know, it's just it's crazy. So um, yeah, I don't. What do you? What do we got? You got Denver and LA, Denver, and LA. Then you got Boston and uh, Miami. Miami. Yeah, Heat. Yeah. So, yeah. which honestly, the Sixers beat the boss beat Boston in that series. Yeah, I mean, Miami's an eight seed for a reason. Now, granted, they're the the best coach yeah. team in the NBA, probably. Spolster's incredible, mm-hmm. and you'd think that maybe Butler starts to wear down a little bit by then. With that said, Tyler Hero is probably going to be back, so that's interesting. Um, and playoff Jimmy is a real thing. It is a real thing. There was there was an there was an article on on that on ESPN about it, and I was just I, I ended up reading it. I was like, holy cow! Like his, the numbers, are his insane. playoff numbers are absurd. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't like he, he's a different he's a different breed. I mean, I I relate it back to Bryce, like because he he's such a playoff guy too, right? Like you look at Bryce's career playoff numbers, like they're world, like otherworldly type stuff it's crazy and everybody saw it last last postseason because he was playing so many you know games into the postseason as opposed to when he was with the nationals it was one and done um but yeah it's just bryce has always been that way right like big game like when he was in tournaments things like that like those championship games he always tore it up and it's just there's I mean, Kobe, Michael, right? It's People kind of the, built it's different. Kind of the big difference between star and superstar. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I'd agree with like that. When they, how they kind of show up when the time demands for it. Yeah, yeah. But. So, uh, pro- I mean, Boston, I think rolls, and I'm going to go with Denver. I think. Yeah. I think it's Boston, Denver I think, final. I think Denver's going to win it. Jokic all. is. Jokic is so good. Yeah, I think Denver's going to win it all personally. I think the Miami-Boston series could be a really fun one to watch, though. And so yeah. could – honestly, so could LA-Denver. Like, we could actually have a pretty fun uh, conference semifinals on both sides because LeBron really is gunning for something. And when he's yeah. – when he's still – he's no MJ. I will stand by that till the day I die. But he's still freaking LeBron. Like, he's still probably yeah. the second best basketball player of all time. And we're watching that play out in real time. And he's near the end of his career, and he's still doing unbelievable things. It's pretty impressive to see, quite frankly, just being objective, because I can't stand that guy. But call a spade a spade. He's very, very, very good at what he does. And so th- that series could be really interesting. But Yeah. Um, so uh, other news I, in so, – ba- go ahead. So i got to share this with you. i got to share this with you. Um, a buddy of mine that listens to the podcast – Shout out to Judson Meeks. Sent me a text last week, and it had this quote. It was from it was some tweet I think that said, "Bryce Harper had Tommy John surgery and completely recovered from it since an Oakland A's starter has won a game." <laughs> I read this and I go, "No way!" Like I I, I, I literally like looked it up. You know. Hundred percent right. They they had won eight. Yeah, I was like, they've won eight games. Like, what are you talking about? Right at that point, and I like look at it, and all of their wins are from relievers, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is phenomenal, right? That's phenomenal. So looking that up before we started recording, uh, it was broken on May sixth or May fifth by Kyle Muller after 32 game winless streak. 32 games into the season, they hadn't won a game. The starter, starting pitcher, had not won a game uh, for the Oakland, uh, soon-to-be Las Vegas Athletics. That's insane, dude. 
Yeah. Yeah. Soon to be Las Vegas Athletics. Yeah, that's true. That's actually true. I think like that's really, really going to happen. It sounds like, but that's so. They they just finalized another spot for the Tropicana. So big news on that. Wow. Good for them. Um, So Billy Bean, not not going so hot for our guy Billy Bean, huh? No. And I'm telling you, that's my big concern about them coming to Vegas, dude. Like, yeah, you can move locations, things like that, but it's. You can't change philosophies. Are they changing ownership? You really though? can't. No. Same owners, dude. Yeah, it's Everything. Fine. It's going to be like you. They're not going to last here, man. Like, I'm sorry, but I, I don't see it happening. It's going to be 80 games down there. Like, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a lot easier for me to access it than than I am with a minor league team um, being out in Summerlin, me and Henderson. But it's like, man, like. I don't know. I, it's just going to be, it, it's, it's going to be very similar to the Raiders where, you know, it's going to be predominantly road teams fans and, you know, until they can put a winning franchise out and, you know, want, want to win, want to spend money and go from there. That's but, where it's at. Cause like yeah, Billy Bean's philosophy could actually really work with an ownership that shells out money. I think, right. I mean, that's what right. Moneyball talks yeah. about. He was like saying, he's like, I can't do it. And so that's why he changed his philosophy. Now, granted, you combine the both, which is essentially what Epstein did in Boston, is that he mm-hmm. took the Billy Bean philosophy. Now, granted, he didn't get it from Billy Bean. They both got it from the same guy that did the baseball on the neck stuff. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but Bill, Bill something. Um, and Bill Self. Bill Swift. <laughs> no, no, not quite. Bill James, maybe? <laughs> I think it might be Bill James. But... Um, Epstein was a was a you know a believer in that same thing that Billy Bean was a believer in. He had the money to do it in Boston. He gets Boston their first yeah. World Series in ninety however many years. But no, hundred hundred no, that's 200 the Cubs seven. The Cubs broke hundred. That's right. The Red Sox were like ninety two or eighty eight or something like that. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love the fact that he had he had a hand in both of those. Yeah, that's so incredible. Sick. That's incredible. Yeah. Honestly, that really speaks to his legacy. But. Anyway, yeah. And those, for those that are listening, this just because there's a lot of people that don't know sports, you know, that listen to this pod, and I just want to make sure they're aware. Theo Epstein was the general manager of the Red Sox that oversaw their first World Series in like 88 years, I think. And then, then some uh, he switched teams. He goes to the Cubs, who hadn't won tra- in over he 100. Traded. He got traded. I didn't know it was a trade. That's crazy. Yeah, it to was the a, Cubs. It was a trade. And I got a fu- I got a nugget for you after. Go ahead. And they hadn't won a World Series in over 100 years. It was like pushing 110 or something like that. Yeah. And they win their first World Series. Yeah, under his with purview. Him at the helm. With him at the helm, yeah. making the trades, making the deals, and just like kind of trying to adopt this similar philosophy. And it's just – that's an unbelievable – that's so crazy. And he's a relatively young yeah. guy still. I think he's like in his late 40s, early 50s. But anyway. Yeah. So, uh, so when when that trade was made – Okay, because Theo was still under contract at the at that point. Boston let him basically let him walk, right? But there was, I want to say there were some players to be traded as well. Um, but the biggest one was the player to be named later. Okay, of this deal, the one and only Aaron Kirks. Okay, he grew up in Vegas. One of my Really good friends here in town, baseball guy. Uh, played with him throughout high school. Uh, he played at rival high or at, at Durango High School, but like played up with him through you know 
travel ball, scout ball, all that stuff. <clears throat> he goes to Air Force, transfers back his sophomore year. I was at Northridge my freshman year, obviously, and then transferred back to CSN. We both play together at CSN. Um, he gets drafted by the Cubs, and he was he was the player to be named later in the Theo Epstein trade. No way. That's funny. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. That is yeah. pretty cool. So, little little nugget. Little nugget, of, for sure. Know, being able to know uh, somebody that was the player to be named later that's in the awesome. Theo Epstein yeah. trade. Good for you, man. <laughs> uh, speaking yeah. of baseball, though, apparently there was this, like, huge brawl, like, almost big fight. Two teams, like, flooding, like, coming onto the field, which is always a big deal in baseball games when the bench is clear, a lot of players getting held back. I can't remember who exactly was involved, though. Did you hear about this? Nope. You didn't hear about this? Mm, nope. Doesn't sound, doesn't sound familiar. What happened? Nope. I don't know. Just I don't, benches I can't. cleared? Did, did, did the bullpens run out of the bullpens? They, they, all, they, all, they were all there? Could have been, probably. But, yeah, I guess one of life's mysteries. We'll never know who was involved in that and what happened. But... <laughs> It's for the birds. It's whatever. That's all right. That's right, dude. For the freaking birds. All right. So we got a couple segments coming up here because we have some terrible news. Now, granted, I don't think it's terrible in 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 insofar as it's permanent. We recorded an episode with our moms for Mother's Day. We did it last Friday. Had a great time talking with both our moms at the same time, all four of us together, like an hour and a half of recording and really great nuggets shared by both women. And it was just a fun time to get on there and and get them both talking with each other and talking about kind of what it was like, not just raising us, but just being mothers that have seen a lot happen and and how that all kind of contextualizing that with the gospel and the church. So we... I don't know if we can access that episode because we had some technical difficulties, unfortunately, specifically from my mom's end, who was at my brother's place, not operating from the best service. And when you do these things remotely, you really kind of need the best of everything available. And so we're still looking at salvaging that, and it's still very possible. And if it does, we'll release the episode, obviously. But for now, we wanted to go through some of the highlights and talk about that. Yeah, it was a phenomenal like hour and a half, just like Harper said. Um, and I, I think the one thing that I got, or well, two things, um, your mom, as much, as much as you fire, <clears throat> as much as you, sorry, <clears throat> as much as you fire up, fire me up with like gospel stuff, things like that. Your mom's passion is like second to none. Like yeah. it was, phenomenal listening to her and how like fired up she gets right about it and like wanting to like just put out so much love into the world right and i think that was the one big thing that she kept preaching was like not judging people and like just loving on them and my mom reiterated it so much as well i actually text you after um because my mom was fired up about it and i go thank you so much for having a, you know, me and my mom both on there because my mom's like bragging to my dad about how amazing it was 
to hear your mom's testimony, your testimony, being able to share hers own. And I go, the spirit is so strong in our house right now. It's absurd. It's crazy. Yeah. So I absolutely loved it. It was phenomenal. Um, she did have, uh, I think, I mean, it, the other one that I came up with was, um, your mom talked about everybody having their own seasons. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite sayings. I absolutely love that. Um, and, uh, God, God's love, God's happiness and God knowing better that like ladder, right? She, she asked the question. She's like, does God love me? Does God want me to be happy? And do I know better than God when it came to, I can't remember what she was relating it to. Um, oh no, she had some questions. That's right. That's what it was. She, she has some questions about. Yeah. yeah. And I love that too. Cause it's like, it put, it puts you in, in such a better perspective of life, right? Like if you ask those three questions, if you have any questions about anything, right? Like, why am I going through this? Why, you know, what, why are they doing this? You know, whatever it may be, right? What, why is the church doing this? Right? Like we're, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, but it's like, does God want, does God love me? Does God want me to be happy? And does God know better than I, than me? Yeah. So, uh, th those, those are a couple of my highlights. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was, it was so cool to, you know, see our moms interact and, yeah, it was. you know, it was, uh, it was, it was very much a spiritual high after, after that episode. And I, and I hope, I really, really hope it, it all works out because, um, I think people will, will really, really enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. And she, my mom really liked your three over seven thing because she actually, the reason why that probably sounded a little bit familiar to me was because she she kind of talks about that too. Like, you know, she's a, a marriage and family counselor, and so she sees a lot of different people from all walks of life, and she kind of uses that same philosophy when it comes to just improvement. It's just like don't like like you got to focus on the positives of of the what how you're improving, and when you have setbacks, you can't let those setbacks define your progress and define who you are as a person. So it's kind of similar to, to your theory of the three over seven that you developed with your Bishop. Um, but yeah, the, the, my mom said something really interesting too. And that I, I wonder if you caught it. I think you did catch it, but I wanted to hear more, not in the moment because, you know, we were really just, there was so much to talk about, but I want to hear more from her sometime about this. Cause she said she really doesn't think, that families won't be together. Yes. My mom loved that. I thought that was very fascinating because I'd never heard her say that before. Yeah. Like we, we tend to think of it that like you can only be together if you're in the celestial kingdom. Right. But my mom is starting to push back on that kind of that. And, and who knows? I, I don't know if that's doctrine. So, so it's not her countering doctrine necessarily, but her philosophy now is, she, she doesn't think we'll be separated. Yeah, no, because, and she said it because it was, God doesn't forget about us, right? And like, if we're trying to become like him, how are we going to forget about our family members yeah. at the same time too, right? I think that's what the extent of it was. Um, but it's like, yeah, I, I love that perspective completely because it's like, yeah, like we're, we're all going to be where we need to be and where we want to be, right? But we're not going to be forgotten about. 
right? Like we're, we're going to be together. We're going to be able to, you know, experience eternity together and everything like that. And yeah. Um, well, no matter, no matter what is done in this life, like we're going to be able to get there. Well, and I, and I love that perspective too. Along those lines, honestly, and this is just kind of getting me thinking about it because I think maybe my mom's point there is that, you know, since, cause you did say you, right. You pointed out that she said this as well. And we've all talked, we've always talked about this is that we'll end up where we want to end up because it's, we're going to look at ourselves. We're going to look at what our capabilities and our desires are. Now everybody has the capability of making it to the highest kingdom. Everybody has that, but you have to combine that with your desires. Not everybody has that desire, but when you incorporate right. the concept of family where it's like, you know, if you see what your family's going to end up, you may think differently. You know, your desire might change a little bit. And that could be celestial. That could be terrestrial. That could be telestial. Like that could be any one of the levels of the three kingdoms that we could end up in. And it's just like, well, my family is more like a terrestrial type family. Honestly, I'm okay with that. You know, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a weird thing to yeah. conceptualize right now. But it's it's interesting to think when you have to consider all the context um, of everything about how we'll end up. And I, and I do believe that there could be some truth to what my mom is saying. And I kind of want to maybe hear her talk about that more sometimes. So just put a, maybe put a pin in that for now, but put a feather in it, put a feather in your cap for now. Um, but dude, I wanted to talk about your mom because your mom, it to me, and this is like something I knew right when I met her, um, is such an amazing display of faith. To the, and, and I'm not just saying that. Like, the, there are some people that you could just tell are faithful people. And it's fun to kind of guess maybe what it says in some people's patriarchal blessing in terms of, like, what their gifts are. And obviously I've never read your mom's patriarchal blessing, and I could be way off here. But I would not be surprised if she's been given the gift of faith. And if she hasn't been given that as a gift, it's certainly something she's cultivated. So regardless, it's a gift that she's utilizing because – She's been through so much. You know, at one point, she was the sole person in the family, keeping everybody in the family tethered to the gospel in the church. And she always believed. She never doubted. She always had hope. And we talked about that experience, about how you flippantly said to her, hey, pray for me when you're sitting there watching some sports game or something on the couch with your dad on a Sunday, and she's leaving to go to church. And you're like, yeah, pray for me, Mom. Appreciate it. You know? <laughs> And she just goes and she looks back and she's like, of course I will. You know, she's like, and, and it's just like a woman of faith who always has. She's like, yeah. that's, that's like breathing to me, Brian. Like, I will, of course I'll pray right. for you. Like, that's like little a-hole. <laughs> My words, not hers for the record. But um, it just, it was an amazing example because it's the type of person where you're like, everybody needs that person close to them in their lives if they're not that person already. Because yeah. We always need to be reminded of what it is like to just have solid faith, just believe, and and let that demonstrate through your actions. And that's who your mom is, man. And it's so palpable when you hear her talk that it's just like never a doubt, never a doubt. And I love that. It's a beautiful thing. So Sherry Harper, that that was such a beautiful takeaway. And it's something that I've noticed right from the, the start. And honestly, your dad has that to some degree as well. It's a different form. Like your dad is almost more in like <clears throat> your dad comes across as like the most loyal guy <laughs> like yeah. I've ever met. No no doubt about that. Yeah, and and there's there's some crossover there with loyalty and faith and he's like ever since he's been a member he's always been loyal to it, you know, and he's 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 believed 
but it's it's cool to see that dynamic between your parents and kind of how they can both grow and be like kind of have that synergistic relationship between both of them with those characteristics. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that I got from my mom when she was talking about when she was the only one going, it was like, I just need to go. I just need to go and it'll all work out. Right. And it's not like having, it's having, it's a hundred percent having faith in, in, in heavenly father and Jesus Christ, like to influence our, her husband and her kids' lives. Right. However, it's a hundred percent faith. Like I'm going to do my part, right? Like I'm going to put in all the work. I'm going to do everything that I can do. Right. And then I'm going to stand still and, and see, see the Lord's hand at work. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, that's spot on. Right. Because it's, it all worked out in the end. Right. And I gave, I actually gave her crap one, I don't know, two, three months ago. I think it was because she had, she hadn't been to church like two weeks. I want to say, I think she went and traveled and then she came back and I text her after like the third week and I go, uh, you're not coming today. She goes, no, I'm not feeling good. I was like, all right, well, looks like I'll just hold it down for the family. <laughs> she goes, I held it down for 10 years. You can hold it down for another Sunday. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, so, so good. Cause I think I put in there, I was like, I'll pray for you. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll pray for you. Just know that I'm deeply yeah. concerned. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Just throwing it right back at her. That's hilarious. Oh, so good. So, but no, she's, she's always been that, right. She's always been that rock and that foundation. You talk to anybody in the family, right? Like whether it's my my siblings or, or my dad. And it's like, she's, she's been the rock and she always will be right. And we can always lean on her to, you know, be, you know, be that spiritual giant that we know she is. And, and she has doubts as, as you know, or she has struggles. I wouldn't say doubt. She has struggles and, and lulls and, in, in faith and, and motivation and things like that. Um, but at the same time, like she's still going to go and do what she needs to do. You know, it's like, she makes it a point, like I'm going to church. Like, it's not going to be, there's not going to be any delay, right? She's, she's going to go. So, um, yeah, I, I loved it. I, I, you know, like I said, your, your mom fired me up. My mom's, I, I know my mom fires me up left and right when it comes to talking about the church, especially when, you know, we have those, those good combos. And, you know, I, like I said, I really hope that, uh, you know, it all, it all works out and we can get it out to the masses. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Same. Well, let's transition into a different segment. So we have to touch on this because it's relevant. We've already kind of talked about this on the pod, but I got to touch it on it again because there was a big segment on 60 Minutes that talked about the same thing, same guy, same whistleblower that has a problem with the church finances and how they're being used. And here's the thing. I, I, I call like I'm drinking the Kool-Aid or whatever. I don't care. Like I'm biased. I don't care what you say. Like that's fine. I could be and I don't care. Yep. But I I could not help but think that after watching that segment, it's only like 13 minutes. You can YouTube it for those that haven't seen it. I felt like a full-on exoneration to me. Like I came away from that just being like, oh, so this really is a big nothing burger. Like I don't I don't see because it's it's it comes down to this this man this whistleblower David Nielsen, which by the way, Hall of Fame B-roll footage. Did you notice that? I don't know. Maybe that was my takeaway yes. because I, I see that the way like they got him at his computer with his glasses on intently looking at things. Then, then the best part is 
like David Nielsen, it, cu- it cuts back to him and they talk, start talking about him again. And they're like, David Nielsen, get, as he's getting on a motorcycle, who loves to race dirt bikes in his f- spare time. And then it shows him riding his dirt bike. And I'm like, what in the world <laughs> is going on? Like, that's all they said about it. That's all they said. And it's like, yep. I couldn't help but think if David Nielsen was like, oh, but by the way, make sure we get a shot of me on the bike. And they're like, okay. Yeah. That's fine. But anyway, I guess we can mention that. But you know this is about the church's finances and you being a whistleblower, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it would just be really cool though. I, I just – it was so weird, dude. Like seeing the B-roll footage of that and that's literally all they said. David Nielsen who loves to race motorcycles or whatever in his spare time thinks this about the church finances and you're just like, right? what the hell did I just watch? I'm, I'm a little confused here. Anyway, so let's go back to the actual gist of what's going on here. I – we have the same guy saying basically that the church should lose its nonprofit exempt status because he believes that there's been funds moved from tithing money to help fund things like City Creek, which, by the way, there's been zero proof of that. Um, and then the other one was to bail out the church's insurance company that took a huge hit around 08, 09, and the church claims right. they paid that money back. Um and he's like, but if they're going to be a charitable organization, like they shouldn't be able to bail out private organizations and things like that, which like one of the IRS specialists came on and said it's actually a big gray area. Like you can't actually specifically say yes or no. And they even threw out a percentage that you'd think like how much of a nonprofit actually has to be giving away their money in order to maintain that nonprofit status. And for things like churches under nonprofit, it's a little bit more nebulous. They don't actually have right. a number that you can go off of. And so then it becomes this speculation of like, well, okay, well, if we know that they're worth and valued over $100 billion, which I guess we do kind of know that now, we don't know totally for sure. The church has never confirmed anything, but the speculation is probably that that's the case. So then they should give a certain percentage of that to charity. But here's what I actually loved, and this is what I felt like was a form of exoneration in the segment, or yeah, this whole 60 Minutes piece, was that it was Bishop Waddell who came on and said it was Waddell, right? That's his name? I think he's so. in the yeah. yeah, the first or whatever you call that, the presiding bishopric. And he gets on there and he says, Well the church has never put a quota up there for saying we need to be this charitable every year or choose this percentage of our funds towards charity. It's we need to know that what we're contributing to is actually going to be this charitable aspect of who we are and that we feel good about where we're putting our money so they're not just throwing money at situations and then he also said something else that was so huge which was as 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 soon as we start being fully transparent as you guys wish we were which they in their minds they're transparent enough which i believe in i I think that's totally fine is then other people are starting to criticize how we use the money and that's actually something i said on the podcast about this topic like two or three months ago where it's like you think about – and this is one – do, do you remember the Coney 2012 stuff? Yeah. 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 So yep. Coney's this like African thing like children are getting abducted and whatnot. And peop, there's this huge Facebook movement tied to this Coney thing, which turned out to be an expired charity. And somebody else was glomming onto that, piggybacking off of this. Basically, this it was a real charity at the time, but it wasn't an issue in 2012. And so this person – 
starts collecting funds for it, and it ends up being completely bogus. What happens if in 2012 the church is fully transparent and people start to say, hey, why aren't you throwing money at this Coney thing? And so the church is like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess we'll throw a few million dollars this way. And then they're like, oh, guess what? The whole thing was a fraud. And then, then you have the detractor saying, what are you doing donating money to fraudulent charities? It's like they would not be able to win in that situation. And so I 100% get what Bishop Waddell is saying. That makes perfect sense to me. And it, it like, once again kind of exonerates the church. And I love that they don't dictate it by hitting actual quotas, by hitting actual numbers. They do it by saying we look at situations. And we look, like, we look at situations that we can affect and that we know we can change. David Nielsen gets on there and he's like, well, they, they, they have a billion dollars. Could you know They have money that could change the world. And he's like, well, yeah. the church is kind of changing the world. Newsflash. And a billion yeah. dollars? You don't think a billion dollars that they spent – by the way, they said that in the, in the piece of 60 Minutes. They said that the church has given – they give about a billion dollars away a year. You don't think that's charitable? Like what are we talking about here? Yeah. No, I completely agree. I, uh, dude. <laughs> so I love the fact that he goes, um, the, if we open it up, people will tell the church what to do with their, with the money. Right. And I love the example that you just gave because it's a hundred percent spot on. The other thing that I would think of is BLM. Oh Yeah. Yeah, they, right, because that's like been proven. now all that's come out. Yeah, yeah, that's already been proven that everything Buying that was at the helm of the, Hollywood Hills, yeah. like giving money, like a yeah. million dollars to a brother because he like DJed for some event or something, and you're like, yeah, that right. sounds about right. Yeah. So what? Were everybody? They're just going to go on a whim with things. I don't want. I don't want my money to be for a whim, right? And it's a rainy day fund, right? Uh, depressions. Uh, natural disasters, right? Things like that, that actually happen. Okay. If the entire U S somehow went under, right? We're in this big old massive war. Okay. You're telling me that the church wouldn't be there to help everybody in need. No, hundred percent. They would like, there's no question. hundred percent. Right. And like you need this money to be able to do this. We're able to buy land. We're able to do things. And that, that we're, uh, buying land. Okay. City Creek. Very rel- relative, or it's on Temple Lane or whatever. Yeah, what what uh, street is like that? South Temple, I think. Yeah. Okay. It's literally addressed there. Okay. If you look at New York City, okay, New York City has their temple. Okay, the surrounding areas around the New York City Temple are owned by the church. Yeah. Okay. They improve the areas around these temples. Right, they build up these areas around these temples because they want it to be aesthetically pleasing, you know, clean, good. Right, they're taking care of the grounds on everything. Right, like hundred percent, that's a good investment. Right, why would you not want an, an amazing neighbor in in the temple? Right, an amazing neighbor in in you know, you own all this land around it. Like that's what you want. Um, and the biggest nugget. Yeah. At the very end. Yep. I left this for you to the share. Very, yep. The very, very end, right? Got me got me to watch 13 minutes of footage, right? <laughs> All you need to do is watch the last minute. It's so true. It says everything you <laughs> okay? need to know. So if the IRS goes after uh, the church, makes them pay these back taxes that they allegedly owe, according to Whistleblower, what happens with the money? Well, the IRS gets their cut. And Mr. Whistleblower gets 30% 30%. of 
30 of that money dude yeah 30 percent of billions of billions of dollars i wonder why i mean let's just say it's a billion let's just say there's they have to pay a billion dollars yeah in in tax money and 30 percent he gets what's is a hundred million a billion i feel like I think it's a hundred million yeah, yeah. So he, uh, yeah. he gets 30, 30 million of that. I mean, that's just easy. That's easy math. If yeah. it's a billion, he gets 30, 30 percent, 30 million. No, no, he gets, no, he gets 300 million. Oh, 300 million. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. It's, a thou- it's a thousand million. Okay. He gets 300 million. And let me guess, whistleblower Dave is going to give all of that to charity, I'm sure. Yeah, well, no, he's going to change the world. He's going to change the world. Yeah, no question. Yeah, Yeah, because he's going to be able to listen to everybody that's saying, hey, send money to this, send money to this. If you're not, you're a bigot. If you're not, you're a terrible person. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. You know, anyway. So the whole thing just stinks, man. It just stinks. And the guy seems so sanctimonious. And I know this is not me, but not being very Christ-like, but still working on it. Like he gets on there and he's just like, I thought we were going to change the world. <laughs> like, I thought I was working for a charity. Like, bro, if you don't think the church isn't changing the world, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Because it's certainly changed my life. Anyways. Yeah, that right. 100% what my thought was is that this guy was looking for an excuse. He was looking for an excuse to say, you know what, I'm kind of done. I'm kind of done living this. I'm going to go race motorcycles and drink in the desert. Um, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> um, I love right. it. Well, this actually segues uh, nicely into the people we can't be friends with segment, actually. So let's go ahead and do that. Um, yeah. Do you have one? No, not this week. That's all right, because I do. And I just thought of it. <laughs> and it's legit, too. So people I don't want to be friends with. And I'm something tells me you don't want to be friends with these people either. Are people that say status as opposed to status have you ever heard that before uh did, did you just throw up yeah because <laughs> that makes sense yeah yeah i mean it's the whole a- amateur right i hate that yeah or amateur or mat- he's, mature he's, he's yeah he's mature or yeah. immature like dude stop yes 100 percent. i well, okay. Well, I'm going to add to the words of people that, you know, pronounce them because they're all hoity-toity. Yeah. So, where did I hear status most recently? None other What's the status? than the 60-minute segment we just talked about from Whistleblower Dave talking about the tax-exempt status of the church. Which what was what was funny about that is that literally like a minute later the lady who was doing the reporting the woman uh, for the 60 minute segment said mm. one minute later status she pronounced it status and i'm just like this <laughs> your hoity toity is right man and it is dude it's turn turn the nose up oh what's the status what's the status shut up dude what's the status of my cut of the church's tax refund yeah or not refund uh, tax tax bill tax bill yeah tax bill oh well, dave <laughs> All right, so status and status and immature and, and mature. Yeah, yeah. Add, add it, add it to list. it. Add them all yeah. to the freaking list. I don't, I don't get that at all. Yeah, don't, anyway. don't, don't be all you know 
I think the other thing too is like it's not even hoity-toity. It's oh, I'm educated. Yeah. There like, is. Oh, I okay. Think. Oh, you read you read a book. You you heard somebody use it one time and you, and you wanted to use it. All right, cool. Good good oh, for you, man. By the way, like along the same lines, I guarantee you, David Nielsen pronounces it finance and not finance, which I think everybody that works in finance pronounces it finance. I don't get that, but that's one of those things. The finances, yeah, the finances. What's the what's of the what's church. the financial? Fin, what's the what's the status on the on the finances? The status of the finances. Is yeah. it is it mature or or immature? I'll tell you, man. Is the, it is it is it a mature account or is it an under mature? The churches immature, are immature very mature, and I'm all for it. That's another thing too. Is that like <laughs> you, all you guys all you guys do out there with the whistleblower, sixty minutes, like any of the critics that are like. The church has billions of dollars. It's like, ah, oh, thank goodness, man. They're actually investing my tithing money and making it better. Yeah, way better than anything the government could do with my tax money, obviously. So, like, uh, the should we not be praising the fact that there's an organization out there that said, hey, all we need is 10% and we're going to turn it into – it's going to be like, what, 20x? I don't even know. I mean, obviously, I don't know those numbers. Yeah. Probably not quite 20x. But still, it's like they're so careful with that money. And you're like, how are we not talking about the fact that the church is incredible at invest- investing? <laughs> like, that's, that's what I, I want to know. <laughs> I agree, man. You're preaching preach to the choir there, bud. Yeah, how do I get the portfolio just so I can emulate it? My goodness. Yeah, can I just keep putting – can I put more in? Yeah. Can the, I put my investments in? Actually, the, now now I am going to be a crit- critic of the church. <laughs> The, the critique of the church that I have is we need to add a line on the tithing slip that says invest like you and just how much money do you want to put into our investment yeah. fund so you could just get a return out. Like if I could make my essentially my S&P 500 or whatever retirement fund and just put that – just let the church handle it, like that's that's where I will call out the church for being terrible. Yeah. That they don't give that opportunity <laughs> for me. <laughs> I love it. They even they even related it back to that. They were like the checkings account, right? The in and outs of everyday stuff, right? Buildings, humanitarian, all the things like that. And they were like, but this is like their retirement fund. You're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like perfect. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that sounds like a great retirement fund. Like, cool, let's do it. I'm investing in Zion, dude. Like I like right. I'm hoping that this is just gonna give me a plot of land that I need to survive the <sighs> millennium. And be okay. And like people are like tongue in cheek about the the second coming thing. And he's like, but here's the thing. I think a lot of those members really believe in it. It's like, yeah, I'm one. I do. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, Thank you. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm, I don't know how good our money will bishop, be then, but if it can do something, yeah. I'm all for it. Right. But the even the even the bishop of the, of the first war, Waddell, whatever. Yeah, the, the presiding bishopric. Yeah. But he goes, yeah, but he goes – it's not it, yeah we do believe that but it's it's more for like financial crisis you know like mm-hmm. great depressions like you know and and he explained that exa- and I'm like yeah 100% like why would it not be like yeah. what yeah so um yeah all right we keep getting on that no i can't help myself <laughs> i can't help myself either on to spiritual thoughts so obviously this was going to be our uh mom segment, uh, TBD on that, but, uh, you want me to start or you want to start? Um, I'll go. I feel like you've got a good one. I've got stuff that I've just been reading lately. Okay. So let's end with yours. 
Um, all right. But I've been reading an Alma still. Um, do about a chapter to two chapters a day is all. But I love I love kind of searching things out and adding to it from our favorite um, scripture app, scriptures.byu.edu. Anyway, so the chapters that I've been reading lately have been Alma and Amulek um, preaching to the Zoramites, which, by the way, and I'm going to I'm gonna go in depth with you on this another time, just personally, just in our own little personal study mm-hmm. and things like that, because there's some fascinating political aspect. Actually, you know what? I will share part of this. I will share part of this. We And I already did share it with you, so I'll make this mine today because yeah. um, the way it parallels today is just mind-blowing, and I didn't notice it until I read it last week. But in Alma, uh, let's see, what is it? Alma eight? No, sorry. Thought it was seven. Nope, it was Alma eleven. Eleven. Seven eleven twenty. Alma seven eleven twenty. No, 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 sorry. Alma eleven twenty. And this is what it says when it's talking about how the Zoramites. So the Zoramites were really going after Alma and Amulek. To add a little context here, Alma and Amulek obviously are preaching to to the people to to Ammonihah and um there's a huge political divide there and they specifically point out to Alma the Younger they say we know you were chief judge but you're not anymore so we don't have to adhere to whatever it is you're trying to tell us and Alma's like well of course not like I wouldn't you know no one has to do this by force I'm just telling you this is a better life so clearly there's like a political divide there that they're referencing but more even more than that there's an ideological divide and I think those two things are actually tied together when you get down to it. But there's an ideological divide with how the Zoramites want to believe. And that affects their political system. And so they talk about this when Alma and Amulek are being questioned by a bunch of lawyers and judges. And this is where the monetary system is shared too in the Book of Mormon because later Zeezrom offers them a bunch of money to deny God. And of course they, they don't and they're they're okay. But... I hope I'm not all over the place here, but ultimately, as they're being questioned, it talks about how these judges and these these uh, these lawyers are paid. And this is the verse that stood out to me where I was like, oh my gosh. Alma 11.20, it says, They received their wages according to their employ. Therefore, they did stir up the people to riotings and all manner of disturbances and wickedness that they might have more employ, that they might get money according to the suits which were brought before them. Therefore, they did stir up the people against Alma and Amulek. And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh. Like, is this not what we're seeing? Is this not what we're seeing with with politics? Specific politicians saying, go out and riot, go out and do this, go out and do that. Because these politicians are incentivized by having a a ton of problems in society by people that be there being political unrest. Why? Because they get more money, dude. And when you think about it at the bare level, we know this, right? We know this. I'm not saying that like there's a bonus paid out to politicians because people are rioting in the streets. I mean, I do think there are monetary incentives that come downstream from all that, but we don't even, even not downstream. We know this happens that the media and prosecutors, attorneys, police force have a vested interest in stirring the pot. This is something we all knew, but it's also a tale as old as time. Isn't it well known that not only the news, monetary value is directly tied to the eyes on the screen, but more specifically the prosecuting attorneys, the police who are incentivized to make arrests, the judges to convict, etc. The fact that we know policemen have to hit a quota to give out tickets should tell you everything you need to know about this. 
Because if you actually wanted society to be high-functioning, you would say, hey, we want people to live better. We don't want you to catch them. Like, if you, we do want to incentivize good behavior, so if it means having to enforce the law where appropriate, then do it. But do not create uh, areas in which people will have to be cited for breaking the law. Anyway, this is a quote from Elder Ballard in October 2003, so 20 years ago, basically. And he says, Conspiring men and women intent on gain rather than goodness stir up the people to all manner of wickedness, preventing the noble uses to which the media could be employed. The new morality preached from the media's, from the media's pulpit is nothing more than the old immorality. It attacks religion. It undermines the family. It turns virtue into vice and vice into virtue. It assaults the senses and batters the soul with messages and images that are neither virtuous nor lovely nor of good report nor praiseworthy. The time has come when members of the church need to speak out and join with the many other concerned people in opposition to the offensive, destructive, and mean-spirited media influence that is sweeping over the earth 20 freaking years ago, dude. 2003, bro. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, I we talked about this last week. I absolutely love this. Like, it it fired me up. It still fired me up. Uh, you're – that's – you're you're doing exactly what we should all be doing, right? Likening the scriptures to our lives, and uh, it's it's spot on, right? Like, but that's that's what's so cool about the Book of Mormon, right? Like, we see everything, right? We're all creatures of habit, right? Human like, nature, we're all being made, human nature, right? We were built in the likeness of our heavenly Father, right? From the beginning of time, right? We are all made by His hand, right? So that means He made us a certain way right? Human nature, right? It always is going to happen, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, yeah. I loved it. It's I love it, man. man. It's such a good scripture because like, if you're in that mindset, you're able to liken the scriptures to yourself. You can, you can see those things. Um, yeah. So, um, mine is in Alma as well. Thanks to Harper introducing this section to me because I was going through a little bit of a self-doubt when when you introduced this to me. And not even a self-doubt, but just a, you know, yeah, uh, probably criticism of my yeah. own being. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Being a little harder. Know, like, like just a self-criticism. Yeah. yeah. And um, not wanting to be holier than thou, not wanting to be, you know, people thinking that I was turning my nose up at them um, by any means because of my past and things like that. I, I was just being, you know, happy and excited for where I was, where, where I am trending and where I was trending and, and still to this day am trending. Um, but it's, you know, you don't want people, people to fill in the outs being, thinking that I was thinking I was better than them because I made a life change. Right. Um, and you brought up Alma 2612. And I'll ask you this question. Uh, is there a better scripture mm -hmm. than Alma 2612? No, there's not. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll answer you for you. I don't um, want to get a long winded discussion on what better means. Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I'll let you have this one. Okay. Well, all right. Well, I, I win, right. you lose. It's your time. You have the floor. Uh, so this is they. You're gonna. Well, you're gonna have to help me out with this, anyways. Uh, Amy, Amy, uh, 
glories in, in the Lord, the faithful are strengthened by the Lord and are given knowledge by faith. Men may bring thousands of souls unto repentance. Okay, all right. Um, so they just left, right? They just left the... You're going to have to help me out with the timeline on this one, on 26, Alma 26. Oh, they this were, was... They left yeah, so this the, was Ammon going to get his brethren that were in prison, and like they preached all together. Right. Um, this was after, obviously, Lamoni and Ammon had their thing. So Ammon and Lamoni, and then Ammon and Lamoni basically go to free Aaron and the rest of Amma's, I think it's Aaron, Omni, and Himner. Um, and they get released from prison, and then they end up converting a bunch of Lamanites from there, like tons. And okay. Alma and Emulik at this time have left Ammonihah and are coming back on a different path, and they happen to... And they're in, and their leavings are... No, home. I think they're leaving Ammonihah. They're done... For we had not come out of land. Well, no, that was more Amla. talking about the roots of where they came from. Like, that's where like they started their mission oh, okay. from Zarahemla. Gotcha. But literally, their meetup happens after Alma and Amulek have leaving Ammonihah, I believe. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So I'm going to read... Twelve is the main one. I'm going to actually start eight. Uh, Blessed be the name of our God. Let us sing to his praise. Yea, let us give thanks to his holy name, for he doth work righteousness forever. Um, They were delivered. Uh, They have been racked uh, with hatred against us. Yea, that uh, they would also have been strangers to God. Um, And then in 10, uh, it came to pass that when Ammon had said these words, his brother Aaron rebuked him, saying, Ammon, I fear that thy joy doth carry thee away unto boasting. And in 11, but Ammon said unto him, I do not boast in my own strength, nor in my own wisdom, but behold, my joy is full. Yea, my heart is brim with joy, and I will rejoice in my God. 12, and this is the verses of all verses, in my opinion. Yea, I know that I am nothing. As to my strength, I am weak. Therefore, I will not boast of myself, but I will boast of my God. For in his strength, I can do all things. Yea, behold, many mighty miracles uh, we have wrought in this land for which we will praise his name forever. And that, like, powerful, powerful scripture, right, is literally, was, was literally what I was going through, right? Because I felt like, People may be thinking that I am thinking I'm holier than now, you know, Peter Priesthood, Molly Mormon, da 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 da, right? However, and you you clarified this, right, in, in the moment with me, it was, hey, you're you're feeling that abutting joy, right? You're feeling the power of Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ in your life, right? Like that's the whole point, right? And if anybody like questioned you, like Aaron or that yeah, Aaron, you know, did, to Aaron did yeah. to Ammon, right? Like say exactly what Ammon said, right? Ammon was being zealous in the moment. He's like, no, I'm not boasting of myself. I'm not saying that He's I like, did this all has these nothing things to do with me. Own, I'm merely a right? facilitator. Yeah. 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 I'm here being, you know, being a vessel, being a messenger for him. And I, I do not boast of myself. I boast of my God. I, I, I see his strength and I can do all things, you know, many mighty miracles brought this land. It's just like, it's absolutely just so, so powerful. And that's like one verse that I am actually going to memorize so that I have that in my like repertoire whenever I need it. Right. Like, so, um, yeah. 
Ammon 2612, it's, I think it's one of the best scriptures of all time. And it, and it relates back to uh, Philippians, was it 1, 4, whatever it is. Um, I can do, I can all, do things. all things through to the power of the Lord. Yeah, so. I don't know where that yeah, is. That might it's, be uh, I don't know, but yeah, that's obviously old. I think very it is. Well-known scripture. Yeah. Yeah, so that's mine. Well, thanks for sharing, man. I could see it in you. I could see it in you as you were talking about that. I like that's that obviously has had a profound effect on you, but more so that it's so relatable and it's it gets you feeling just happy and zealous again, which is what this oh. is all about, man. Yeah, uh, Philippians four nice. thirteen. I can do all things through Christ, which well strengthens me. Man. Well done. There you go. All right, brother. Well, I think that's a wrap. Um, so we'll, Yo. like I said, we'll try and recover that Mother's Day stuff, and I, I think there's a scenario in which that can happen. I'm still working with Riverside to get that done, but we'll go from there. But solid sesh, brother. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let's uh, let's do it again. Yeah, next let's week, do it huh? again next week. Sounds good. <laughs> Plan on it. Mark it down. The people need us. Got to get right. the people what they want. Well, we we actually we actually might be able to That's record right. together. That's what I'm kind of planning on. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, maybe, maybe Monday we might. All have right, to do dude. That. And we, and if that's the case, we may have a special guest with us as well that I've not even told you about. So, I mean, you've heard about him and we talked okay. about him, but that might be when it happens because I'd like to do it in person if we could. All right. Perfect, All right, brother. Well, I'm excited for next week, and I hope everybody else that is listening is as excited as I am. Gear up, friends. <laughs> Gear up. We back. Latter Day takes may take a week off We're randomly, back. but we always come back. <laughs> Uh, um, we're here all right brother thanks for everything appreciate it yep thank you man everybody have a good good week and uh we'll see you next week that'll do it for today's episode thanks for checking in everyone if you liked what you heard today i ask super quickly if you could just follow or subscribe to the podcast, give it a rating, give it a review, tell your friends about it. All of that stuff helps me quite a bit. Watching the growth has been super humbling and motivating to keep going, and I could not possibly appreciate all of you more. Sitting on my table, I'm watching as everything's changing my mind, goes to a different time. Old love, I remember falling so madly. There must have been magic in the valley. And a rhythm in the night Cause I could almost see it Did you fade right out of you? If it takes time, I, I If it takes time, I